wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're discussing the Bible, physical health and spirituality. And today we're simply asking, how relevant are the health laws found in the Bible? And today our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare. And Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Thanks, Gary. Great to be here. I tell you what, I'm not wearing my shorts today, though. I tell you what, it is a <laughs> chilly one out there today, isn't it? I'll say. Uh, we got a bit of rain last night. It was really good, actually. But yeah, yep, I'm back to my longs. Yeah, no, I fully, I actually couldn't <laughs> go for my walk this morning. I uh, I got out of bed, believe it, at, at five o'clock. I spent some time uh, in... in in reading, in some in devotional time, mm. and normally straight after that, I go for my uh, my walk. And uh, uh, this morning, I actually crawled back into bed, and uh, <laughs> I said to Colleen, "I said, nah, it's too dark, it's too cold, it's too wet. I'm not <laughs> walking." Good excuses. Any. Uh, good excuses, indeed. Now, <laughs> uh, tell me, how has the uh, uh, ministry at the uh, uh, Indigenous congregation been been recently? Yeah, it's been great, thank you. Yep, we, uh, yesterday, oh, yeah, yesterday we went to, um, we actually went to the Salisbury Council where we have a program each fortnight for them and it was run on the census that's coming up in uh, August, I think it is, the five year one. So, so there is an Australian, because I didn't realise this until today when you mentioned it to me, yeah. that we've actually got an Australian census happening this year. Yeah, that's right. And so we had a couple of guys come along and, and talk to us what that actually means, that the information given, uh, they don't worry, really worry about the name so much, uh, just what's happening in the household and uh, they say it's not passed on to to any other place. They do use it for housing to look, see where there's more houses needed or work situation, whatever. Uh, there's quite a few questions. I think there's something like... 35 questions or more. There's a heck of a lot of questions. Wow. It's, it um, seems to be expanding every uh, every time this thing's done. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about scamming. I don't know if you know, Gary, but uh, they just brought out that in the last 12 months, $810 million was scammed out of Australia. Um, wow. And that's around about, what's that? That's over six, uh, that's $810 million, so that's over uh, $6 million a, a month goes wow. out of Australia and one of the ladies was saying she heard on the radio that uh, one of the scammers that came on and very they're very good at doing this came yeah. on and said that she banked with Westpac and this uh, person rang her up and said I'm from Westpac and she said um, there's an unusual um, amount that's coming out of your bank in America and I just want to make sure have you bought anything in America last week and uh, this lady said no and she said well look um, uh, we're, we're quite suspicious of this so we've actually stopped the payment um, but uh, we just need your bank number just to verify it um, to make sure we've got it right and she said well you're the bank shouldn't you have my bank number and she said look we're a bit behind we've had a lot of these happening so she got really um, suspicious of that yeah. so she rang a bank and, and she said no thanks she didn't give a number rang the bank and it was a scam Yeah, sounded so genuine that yeah. they were actually ringing from the bank Yeah, you, you know her own bank 
and uh, yeah, I tell you, it's I, it's amazing how many people are actually getting caught with uh, with these scams and uh, how easy it is uh, to get even people who are uh, who are on the lookout for scams. Um, can get scammed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was good information to know. But yeah, with the census, it's um, it was good to know that they use it for housing and for, for a lot of the, the stuffs kept in private. It's not uh, put out anywhere that you know to send a link or anywhere. It's kept private, and uh, but it is used for to look for where uh, services are needed. They shared mm, that, mm. Uh, and so yeah, it's a, a five yearly thing. So it's coming up. Mm. Mm, yeah, no, we'll have to keep that one. Keep that one in mind. Yeah. It's also wonderful to have with me today Pastor Michael Worker. Now, Michael is the Executive Secretary of the Adventist Church here in Australia. Now, welcome to you, Michael. Thank you, Gary. Pleasure to be with you today. How is the weather over in Melbourne? Well, Will, uh, we, we are enjoying all the, 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 the storms and the wintry weather that uh, we, we get to enjoy in Melbourne and trying to stay inside and rugged up and warm. Now, look, the reason that we've invited Michael uh, to be with us today is because he's part of a really significant organisation. It's called Freedom for Faith. Now, now, Michael, if we can sort of start with uh, understanding this particular organisation. Now, who is Freedom of Faith Group? Yeah, thanks, Gary. Freedom for Faith is actually a Christian legal think tank, and it exists for one purpose, and that is to see religious freedom protected and promoted in Australia. And uh, the really good thing about this is that they're they're nonpartisan. They're they're looking to work with all sides of politics just to raise um, the importance of the human right of religious freedom um, and, and to have input into the legislative process in that regard. The, the, it's a gathering of Christian legal minds, many of them academics, some of them practicing lawyers, who are able to articulate various points of law and when draft legislation comes out are actually able to go back to government and say, yes, this is really good, but have you thought about this, this, that and the other and actually put alternative points of view and alternative wording that actually strengthens the legislative process. Okay. On the other side of it, um, Freedom for Faith interacts with, with Christian churches and uh, also interacts with multi-faith groups. And so the Seventh-day Adventist Church is one of the founding affiliate members uh, of Freedom for Faith and uh, we've certainly enjoyed the partnership uh, with Freedom for Faith for many years. One of the things I'm really conscious of is this coming weekend, uh, Freedom from Faith has actually uh, called what they're calling a Religious Freedom Weekend. Now, of course, the Seventh-day Adventist Church is actually part of this. Now, this is going to be a real emphasis on this issue of of religious freedom. Now, uh, to me, that really, I suppose, strikes uh, me because... It raises so many, so many questions. I mean, here in Australia, is there really a need for a religious freedom weekend? I mean, don't we have the freedom to just simply worship? Let me just say I'm really excited about this religious freedom weekend because most faith groups in Australia are participating. Not only is it most Christian denominations, but the Jewish faith and the Muslim faith uh, are also participating in this. It's, it's something that's really captured the minds of people of faith right across the country. And in the reality, in, in many respects, we do enjoy freedom of religion in Australia and, and we praise God for that. Mm-hmm. However, the, the flip side of that is it's because it's a cultural norm. It's because that's the way we do things in Australia 
it's part of our social contract, but the reality is it's not actually part of our legislative framework. There's actually no formal protections um, to protect freedom of religion in Australia or, or very minimal protections. And Australia is the only Western democracy in the world that has not enacted positive protections for freedom of religion. We, we've given assent to ICCPR Article 18, that's the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, and Article 18 speaks about standards of freedom of religion, but we've never actually enshrined it into our legislative process. Okay, okay. Now, that, that of course, is significant in that the protections are not currently there. But are you sensing that there are any present challenges to religious freedom in Australia? Certainly. There, there, there are just many, many cases that are going before human rights commissions right around the states in Australia and even at a federal level where, where people, business owners and faith groups are increasingly finding it hard to be able to articulate and express their beliefs in a respectful way w- without offending or, or cutting across what, what other people think they should or should not say. And so, Look, it, it really is a growing issue, Gary, and it's something that we need to be concerned about. And given that every other basic human right has legislative protection in Australia, it seems only reasonable that the basic human right of freedom of religion or belief is also protected in legislation. I, I'm conscious that there have been some um, legislative and policy changes, certainly in recent times, that certainly is impacting many Christian uh, churches or the uh, institutions that uh, that stand uh, stand alongside them now you know do you have any examples of how the the Christian church in general and we're talking in general now certainly some of the legislative changes that are being brought forward in some states and territories of Australia are seeking to limit what we can say, um, what we can even pray with another fellow believer about when it comes to issues around sexuality uh, and and practice of sexuality. And, and so really um, there, there are some deep challenges to the ability for people of faith to be able to speak about what they believe the Word of God is teaching um, in an open and free way, and, and that is deeply concerning. What about the uh, changes in legislation as far as, uh, you know, federally, uh, and certainly changes in legislation on various state level? Any any thoughts on those? Yeah, on the federal level, the, the federal government went to the last election with a, with a promise that they would introduce um, a religious discrimination bill uh, to the floor of parliament. We, we saw... Two exposure drafts in in 2019, and uh, we understood that they were getting close to introducing this to Parliament when uh, the the COVID 19 pandemic hit. And uh, you know, we fully respect that all hands to the plough. Um, we had to deal with and respond to the pandemic, but we believe that you know, with the pandemic largely being in control in Australia, that that it's time for the federal government to come back and have a look at fulfilling that promise. And uh, we, we would love to see them continuing to engage with faith groups on, on how we can go about that. And I think it's really important that, that the legislation that we would like to see is to protect people of faith from discrimination against them. It is not a request 
that it provides protection for people of faith to be able to go and discriminate and attack other people. Does that make sense? We're, we're not looking to have a weapon to attack others, but really we're looking for a shield that protects us so that we can live out our faith in, in, in our modern pluralistic society in such a way that all of the various human rights are balanced appropriately and we can all just get along together, um, understanding that not everyone believes exactly the same way, um, but, but that we can have that, that protection, that freedom to, to believe. How do you feel that something like, I mean, I'm conscious of, you know, uh, earlier this year, the Victor- uh, Victorian uh, state uh, passed, I think, what's called the uh, change or suppression of con- uh, conversion practices prohibitation bill. Uh, that's a rather long-handed uh, a title. But uh, tell me, that's, I understand, had huge impact on the ability of, uh, of believers uh, to actually express various aspects of their faith. Now, how, how do you see that? A, a gentleman that I, that I highly respect, Associate Professor Neil Foster, uh, has a Law and Religion Australia blog. He, he's a very good legal thinker, very good Christian mind. And uh, he, he published an article in January this year uh, where he says Victoria's conversion practices bills bill is as bad as they say it is. Now, as a legal academic, he's not given to hyperbole. Uh, I, I believe that that that's the reality. He's speaking very factually, and and the challenge is not so much on the change side of the legislation, but on the suppression side of the legislation. And what does it mean to suppress somebody, and um, how how is that going to impact us? And, and so the whole area of suppression means that it could be unlawful for uh, a teacher, a pastor, um, a fellow church member. If, if someone comes along and says, I'm, I'm struggling with my sexual identity, I'm, I'm struggling with my, my gender orientation, and uh, can you pray with me as I work this through, depending on how that, that fellow believer prays, that could actually be unlawful. Uh, which is really uh, quite a quite a um, dramatic reach into the life of people of faith. That's actually quite huge. I mean, that it's really significant when you think about it. Well, there because that actually goes to the heart and core of certainly not just uh, the beliefs of, of of our particular church, but certainly the beliefs of Christian churches across the board. Because uh, Christian churches across the board certainly believe in a thing called prayer. Uh, they certainly believe in praying for others, and uh, if in fact they're going to be held accountable accountable for the type of prayer uh, that they actually pray that says to me that's that's ringing huge bells what is even um, more troubling is what is called the extraterritorial impact of the victorian legislation so for example let, let's say i'm in in the city of churches i'm in adelaide you know i i uh, sharing a message from the bible and i i make some statements about um sexuality that, that, that I believe it would be biblically accurate and um, message is live streamed or it's put up on YouTube or Vimeo or something like that. And someone in Victoria later on views that and takes offence, um, then the reach of the Victorian legislation means that if I'm in, in South Australia, I, I can be caught in the net of that legislation. So it actually has impact for all of Australia in, in how people of faith will go about sharing their beliefs and sharing their teachings 
uh, on, on what they believe the, the Word of God actually says. And, and so that, that, that is where, you know, the, the, the lack of having those balancing provisions that fairly and reasonably balance all of the human rights because we believe that, you know, people have the right to live out sexuality and, and gender as how, how they see as appropriate just like we believe we have the right um, to the freedom of religion. But what is the intersection of those competing rights and have we got the balance right in the various pieces of legislation? That That is really the big question we're asking ourselves and, and, and will suppose, we look back in the future and say we've got the balance wrong at this point? Am I able to debate this in such a way that uh, I can I can actually challenge another person's view? Because to me, in certainly my society, I see a real a, a real need for us to be able to bounce off each other uh, issues of significance. So within the scope of this conversion practices prohibition uh, legislation, uh, the short answer is really no. We really, if someone comes and says, I think this or I feel this, or I believe that, uh, we just have to say blessings to you by and large. There's really uh, the room for dialogue, for Bible study, for counselling, um, for prayer um, is is being taken away uh, in that regard. Yeah, look, this is this is really significant. Look, I'm, I'm conscious that our time is starting to really uh, run away from us. Now, look, how can religious communities actually become involved in the religious freedom this weekend? If you go to the website, and it's really simply named religiousfreedomweekend.com.au, uh, there's a resource pack that you can download, and, and that has some really good points for prayer, um, some really good insights into the challenges we're facing in religious freedom uh, in Australia. And there's also a second step where it gives you the ability to identify your federal member of parliament and your your state-based senators, and you could actually send them a letter to say, hey, I'm really concerned about this. And um, if, if you're concerned about the lack of protection for the freedom of religion in Australia, then write to your local member. Let them know. Um, that this is a significant issue for you. And, and, um, importantly, continue to pray about it. Um, and, and I believe prayer is powerful and, uh, we, we don't pray enough. And that's why we've got this special weekend so that we can commit this matter to prayer and to really ask God to intervene in this situation. And yeah. uh, to work in partnership with him. Yeah. No. Look, David. Look, this is actually uh, so important. This particular issue that I, I just wanted to share with our listeners that uh, tomorrow, myself and Pastor David Butcher are going to be running our regular Wednesday program. But we're actually going to be spending the entire program on this particular issue because we're just so so um, uh, convinced that there is so much that is impacting our society. I just like to say a really big thank you to Michael. Uh, thank you, Michael, for uh, being with us, spending some time with us. Uh, I just pray that uh, the Lord, the Lord will richly bless in your in your ministry uh, as you share and as you lead in this particular area. God bless you. And that was our World Watch segment for for today. And that was Pastor Michael Worker. And Pastor Michael Worker is the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Australia. And he's talking about uh, this coming weekend, churches all over Australia are going to be taking an emphasis uh, called the Religious Freedom Weekend. Now, this isn't just Seventh-day Adventist churches, but this is churches of all denominations. Uh, this is uh, uh, This is people going outside. 
of uh, certainly the uh, uh, traditional Christian uh, Christian religions as well. And look, folks, I, I would really encourage you uh, if uh, if your church uh, is concerned about uh, religious freedom, please get involved in this particular. Um, uh, Discussion this weekend. Now, if you want some some resources, please go uh, online. Just type in "religious freedom weekend." This is the freedom from faith, uh, freedom for faith um, um, material that you're that you're looking for, and I believe you'll be greatly you'll be impressed with uh, what they've actually put together. Uh, but you know, to me, it really challenged me because I'm just so conscious there is so much that's happening here in Australia right now that is negatively impacting. Uh, our uh, our traditional religious freedom. Um, I'd encourage you to just go and search uh, search this one uh, this one out. Uh, thank you so much uh, to Pastor uh, Michael Worker from the Australian uh, Union Conference. Let's come to some music. This is uh, Linda Randall. Go uh, tell it on the mountain. is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known but things change when you're down in the
life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That is The Great Controversy. That is a fantastic uh, little book. Now, uh, Eric, have you ever read the book Great Controversy? Yes, read it a number of times. It's very good. It goes through the history of the world right from beginning to the end, and and it's really interesting to fill in the gaps that uh, we sort of find in the Bible, then the history of the world and the Waldesians and everything. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, historical mm. material that's actually been included in the book Great Controversy, hasn't mm. there? I mean, it certainly has got uh, it's pick, it picks up actually from the time that uh, uh, the apostles uh, uh, did their did their ministry here on earth, and it concludes with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, to me, this is a book that I've come to greatly appreciate. It's a larger book, uh, but it's one that I know that I certainly also have read many times, and I love uh, being able to look at the exact. Examples of faith that are so present within the, the Christian era. This is a book that you can certainly use for your uh, for your devotional yes. reading. And it gives you inspiration too, you know, and I've given a lot of these out to people and they've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a yeah, good yeah, read. Yeah. You know? Look, if you'd like your uh, own copy of uh, of the book Great Controversy, just uh, send, just text to us. Now that number that uh, was quoted there on that ad is actually an old number. Um, can't believe that hasn't been uh, updated. So look, please use uh, this particular number that I'm going to give you right now. Just send your name, your address, your uh, and your mobile number. Just text it uh, with the word "great controversy" uh, to uh, uh, to us here at the studio. And our number is o four double eight double eight o. 811. That number again is 0488-880-811. And you'll love, uh, that, uh, uh, that particular book. Um, so, uh, uh, so please, uh, if you'd like it, uh, you're most welcome to, uh, to request that book. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with, uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide, uh, Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're discussing the Bible, a physical health and spirituality. And today we're simply asking how relevant are the health laws that are found in the Bible? Now, you know, Eric, one of the things I'm just really conscious of is lots of people um, actually aren't aware that the scriptures actually talk about our physical health. Uh, you know, they think of it as a spiritual book, something that talks about prayer and devotions. But, you know, to me, the thing that really jumped out at me when I first come, came to uh, know and understand the Bible was the way it actually cared for and spoke to this issue of physical health. Now, tell us, Eric, um, just let me just ask you personally first, have you always followed biblical health principles? No, no way. <laughs> oh, you haven't? No, no. Um, you know, uh, not knowing what the Bible had said about health, I just uh, was into really everything to eat and to drink. Uh, and I found that um, when I read the Bible and found the um, things in there that were for my own good, I really, some of them I didn't really understand why Jesus was, you know, bringing it out in the Bible, why those words were written there. But now, uh, with time, I understand 
and the actually the medical world is sort of backing up. It backs up what the Bible says. It's really catching up health. to a lot of what's in the it's Bible. It's incredible. Isn't it? yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. back in the day, you know, they used to give out smokes for sore throats even way back, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of misunderstanding of, of what was happening to people. Yeah. Uh, but now with, uh, we know everything, the net is out there and we find out everything, but the Bible, I find, has still got some keys in it that people don't understand about good health. Wow. And how to stay wow. well. Yeah. To it, yeah, yeah, I know, I know myself, and I'm in my own life. I, uh, I, I certainly, when I was growing up, I certainly didn't take uh, health uh, certainly as seriously as what I certainly do now. And the, but the transition is actually really significant. In fact, I'm convinced you can actually take some years off your life yeah, just by following basic biblical health principles. You know, you hear so many different diets that are out there. Everyone every week, uh, someone comes yeah. up with a new uh, a new diet, and yet you know, I look at the scriptures and I say, hey, you know, there's some really Really practical advice in the Bible about this whole this whole subject. In fact, tomorrow we're actually going to have um, a uh, a lady. I'm going to be uh, introducing uh, to you, and she's actually uh, sells. She actually sells a book entitled "Food as Medicine," and we're going to be digging into that one. And people will be able to uh, actually. Uh, uh, purchase that uh, that book if they would actually like it. It's a really beaut uh, book that one. But yeah, anyway, I've got it in my library at home. And well, what do you think it's of it? Excellent, excellent, wonderful recipes and very good, very good, helpful information. Yeah, we use it all the time. Fantastic, so fantastic. I really recommend that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, look, that's good, Eric. Look, let's come to this subject. How relevant the health laws? What are the health laws that are actually in the Bible? Tell us. Well, uh, there's there's a lot on health in the Bible actually, and. Um, you know, when you dig into it, health is a big issue today. A lot of people, I think, are turning more to being healthy. You know, uh, we have bad statistics in the Western world. We have a lot of heart disease, a lot of cancer. Uh, people are worried, you know. Uh, but really, back in Bible times, people lived a, a, a really good age. They lived far longer than we did today. Yeah. And uh, there are some things that have crept in over time that actually are destroyed a take away years of our lives I've found you mm. know? and we're going to look at some of those things today uh, I didn't follow many of the health principles found in the Bible when I read them I knew that uh, that I had to change and God changes us when we follow his word and that's what it's all about is yeah. following his word to make those changes yeah um, and so some of them are, well, the first one I like because of time, uh, there's about 11 Bible health principles we I'd like to sort of cover today. And the first one is... You've about um, two minutes for each of them now <laughs> that's at that point. It. <laughs> says, eat your meals at regular t- intervals. Um, and it's found in... Um, Ecclesiastes ten seven is blessed is the land whose king is of noble birth and whose princes eat at a proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Eating at regular times, you know, proven in the uh, in the world today of food and medical advice is so important not to eat mm. between meals, and I struggle with that one. Yeah, well, I, it's I actually do. Eric. It's really interesting that you actually say that because I know in my own uh, in my own case that um, a number of years back I was uh, I actually was significantly overweight and it was actually starting to impact on my blood pressure. And uh, the I, I had some you know, my medicos said to me they said, look, you know, you got to you know dump weight. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way I did it was simply stop snacking. And, mm. uh, you know, it was amazing the change. I, I exercised as well. Mm. Uh, that's true. I, the two things, the two main things I did was stop snacking and, uh, uh, and started an exercise program. And I was amazed how quickly 
change actually took took over. Mm. And I found that too, that when you're snacking and and you stop for a while, your mind is clearer. Your yeah. you know, it's, your body is, has a time to rest. Yeah. And so God has gives us good advice to eat our meals at a proper time. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. fact, uh, one of the things that we did uh, uh, quite often, our family one time, we actually had a smaller meal at tea time. Okay. So that and, it, and that sort of gave us a better rest at night, better sleep at night because the body wasn't working, the yeah, brain wasn't yeah. functioning in that area. So that's really important. Another one too here, and we're talking about eating your meals and things is um, this is a lasting ordinance. This is found in Leviticus three seventeen. This is a lasting ordinance for generation to come. Wherever you live, you must not eat any fat or any blood. So we know today that cholesterol is very high. Um, I get uh, tested twice a year now for mm-hmm. my cholesterol and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, these uh, they've been proven that this leads to heart attacks and things. So, uh, restraining or abstaining from. Uh, so, in other words, the concept of um, restraining yourself from the issue of fat, because mm-hmm. I'm conscious that we we live in a world today. Which certainly, you know, if you go out, particularly to, uh, you know, to uh, for an evening meal, mm. um, the chances of you having a high fatty meal is actually quite high. Yeah, it is, and uh, often what happens is is that the um, the uh, what if you like to call some of them junk food even uh, is that it's cheaper. You yeah. know, you look at McDonald's and what they offer, you get a, a, a package there, you know, and yeah. so you get into a system of of having that. Uh, that all the time, and that is a danger because uh, we know that fruit and, and vegetables. And, and yet, yeah, the Bible things. talks about the restraining talks yourself, about restraining yourself from this issue of fat. Yes, that's yeah. right. So this is the is important what we eat. Uh, it's interesting, you know, when it uh, talked about um, some of the things not to eat. I, I I recently watched a DVD, a very good one, on um, connecting the dots between what the Bible says to eat and not to eat. Mm-hmm. And one of the things it talked about with the coronavirus virus is that the very uh, animals that have been suspected of carrying the coronavirus are the ones mentioned in the Bible not to eat. Uh, in fact, if you look at Leviticus uh, 13 to 19, it goes through a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It talks about um, uh, one of the things I was interested in was it about the birds not to eat. And it talked about um, ravens and vultures and orcs, and it talked about the bat, okay. which is the one, very one. And it said um, people in the world have not linked the fact that in these meat markets and things, these are the things that you, we can't eat. And here it is right back in the Bible in Leviticus in the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, so these yeah. things, you know, there is good advice. In other words, if things. you're going to eat a, 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 a diet with flesh in it, mm. there is better flesh mm. and then there's other uh, flesh that the Bible actually says don't eat it. It actually doesn't give an explanation no. why not no. to, no. but we're starting to pick up on it today. That's right. And these are the very things, uh, a number of them, that y- you find um, are being suspected of this are actually in the Bible not to eat. Mm. Good advice from way back. Um, and the second one is, uh, that's number one, eat your meals at a regular time intervals uh, and don't use animal fat or blood. The other second one is don't overeat. And there's a very good verse in uh, Proverbs 23, 2. It says, put a, this is a good one, put a knife to your throat if you're a man given to appetite, you know. Mm. Uh, so uh, that's, a, that's a challenge. And uh, I find that if I'm up on a little bit of weight lately and I've found that in the winter I tend to eat more mm. uh, and I keep up my exercise, but what I'm taking in, 
is actually um, what I output is less. I think there's many of us that suffer <laughs> for the same from the same problem there, Eric. And it says in Luke twenty one thirty four, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close suddenly on you like a trap. And so Christ is warning against carousing, which means intemperance. It means having a balance. Temperance is an interesting word because it's probably one that we don't actually use very much today. What is this thing called temperance? It's having a balance. It's um, it's having uh, not too much of one thing or being tempted to have too much of one thing. We all have our weaknesses, but it's having a balance in life and eating the right foods and staying away from... I had a lady ask me today about junk food. She says, mm. you know, what can I do? I'm fine. I'm getting back into the junk food habit, you know, and I said, well, just, just you know, go back to what you were doing before. You were having fruit and vegetables and, and less of that. You know, have it maybe once a week, but don't have it all the time. Yeah. So it's that yeah. that balance. So he yeah, says, I've actually found myself, Eric. You know, when I, it's yeah. interesting when I when I find feel I'm starting to put on a, a couple of kilos, I, I need to take off take those kilos off. Um, I uh, one of the things that I well, a couple of things that I do, I say, hey, you know, it's it's time to go for low fat, low sugar, high fiber. And uh, I find the high fiber actually fills me up. So I'm not feeling mm. like high, I am hungry all the time. Because if I'm feeling hungry, what I find is there's that huge temptation to turn around and say, well, maybe I need to get the Kit Kat from down at the, uh, yeah. down at the shop just to sort of give my blood sugar the, uh, the top up. But you know, uh, fiber, um, it has this, this long lasting, uh, effect. And I don't, I don't have the feeling of hunger. Uh, which is, of course, uh, really providential if, in fact, you want to be able to lose weight. Yeah, well, I'm one of those crazy people that do have a, a shake, you know, a, a dietary shake. So I find that fills me up and I can miss a meal lunchtime. Yeah. And have one yeah. at night. And I found that how, and you can feel it when you're, when you're starting to put on weight or eating too much. You know, you feel tired or, you know, more tired than normal. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been through those processes. Yeah. And it's a battle because the older you get, you, you sort of, um, less exercise so much. And, you know, you're, you're winding down on that. And the other one too is, um, a really important one, I believe, in health is don't harbor envy or hold grudges against. Now, this is talking about our mental health. Um, those kind of, of feelings actually disrupt our body prov- processes. And Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So it's interesting here that in Proverbs it's talking about being at peace, uh, having a happy disposition, you know, feeling good about yourself. Don't envy others because when you look at others and want to be more like them, it's an, it, you're, it's a never ending. You're yeah. never happy. Yeah. And yeah. so it's saying here, don't harbor, don't hold grudges. Somebody does you wrong. The Bible says, you know, put it right. Mm. Don't, don't hold that. Um, that into your heart because it's going to ruin your body. It's going to, to me. It's really interesting here how the Bible is actually what we would call today incredibly holistic hmm. in what it's actually saying. It's not just uh, saying, look, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do something else, but rather uh, the wise man is somebody who actually cares for themselves, and this is how 
you actually care for yourself. Mm. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? It's talking about mental health as well as um, physical health. Yeah. Here. And, and so it is a balance here. Matthew 5, 23, 24 says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. It's interesting, isn't it? Even offering something before the Lord, he says, now hang on a minute. He says, just stop that. He says, go back, you know, get things right with your family first, and brother and sister in Christ or the family. Get that right first and then come and bring your gift because there is a problem here. And, of course, a lot of people don't actually realize how much guilt can actually impact the mental health of an individual. And yet the Bible is actually incredibly realistic on this whole matter. You know, it, it's, it's very clear that, hey, guys, look, you know, your physical health is important, but so is your mental health. And one of the big impactors, one of the big factors on mental health is this issue of guilt. And, you know, here we've got advice saying, hey, look, you know, deal with that issue. But the way to deal with it is actually to go and make it right uh, rather than ignoring it, which is the most common thing which occurs today. That's right. And with that uh, making it right is forgiveness and and that therefore changes your whole attitude towards that person and and it just takes something small i know people who don't talk to each other for years and all it takes is just a, a bit of communication mm. and it's put rice uh, so and the fourth one here is maintain a happy happy disposition a merry heart does good like medicine and and proverbs 23:7 as he thinks in his heart so is he so now, Merrick? Look, happy. this is something that you have a real gift for. I know that you know you're a person who almost constantly has a uh, has a, a smile on your face. How do you actually do that? Don't ask me, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I think that what happens is um, I don't know. I just I like to see the funny side of things, and sometimes I go too far. I've got to be honest, but uh, you know, I think that. Um, um, a humor always relaxes people, you know. If you're so serious, you know, on a subject, and even in our Bible studies, we, we study the Bible each week and with the Aboriginal people, and it's great, but we also have a good time, mm. and sometimes we have a chuckle about something, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, and that breaks attention, it brings us together as a family, but we understand what the Bible's saying, but we also have a, a you know, I mean, I think Christ had a sense of humor at times, you know. Yeah, yeah, you I agree with you. It? I agree with you. I think, you know, it's, it's really wonderful the way that. He certainly presented, you know, he, he is actually a person who is a master of storytelling, mm. you know, and, you know, even children like to actually come and sit on his knee. And to me, that says to me that, hey, he's got a personality which is a winsome, uh, a type of personality that it gravitates towards you, mm. uh, doesn't push you away, you know, when children are actually prepared to come and sit on your knee, when he's able to speak to people and uh, tell them stories. And uh, to me, again, this is saying so much about my mental well-being, isn't it? You know? Well, nobody wants to be around a grumpy person, exactly, or somebody that is uh, hammering them with the scriptures either. So this is a, a fact that people feel drawn in. Christ drew, drew them in, and he was pleasant to them, and and he did share that humour, and uh, and he spoke like he did speak some pretty hard things, you know, but he he spoke it in a way that people loved him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I think that's the key of uh, we had pastor, uh, we had our president come, Pastor David, which come to our Bible study. And he said, man, there's a, it's good. There's a lot of humor here in our, in our 
Bible time, you know. And tell me, tell me, Eric. Now, this Bible. So let's just pick up on this one because I'm conscious that there may be some of our people here in Adelaide. I mean, you minister to the Indigenous congregation. Now, if there are any uh, Indigenous people who would like to come along to your Bible study, are they welcome? Much, very much so. It's on a Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday. What, what time? Uh, ten uh, ten a.m. We start at the Elizabeth uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church in Peterswall Street, uh, Elizabeth Down. Oh, look, there. folks, if you would like that information, uh, if you're listening, if if you're part of the Indigenous uh, um, uh, community here in Adelaide and you'd like to come to Eric's Bible study tomorrow, why don't you just send us a text and uh, and we can make contact with you. Our text number again is 0488 880811. That number is 0488 880811. We'd love, uh, Eric would love uh, to actually have you come and join. If you're part of the Indigenous community and you'd like to come along uh, tomorrow, 10 o'clock, uh, you're most welcome to do yes, that. Yes, it'd be great to see them there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what I, I find is that the medical science says that many diseases from which people suffer from are actually a result of depression. Of wow. being sad, you know, wow. and, uh, you know, I know that, uh, you can handle the problems in life if you have a sense of humor. If you take it too seriously, it can really drag you down, you know. I love the way this is just so holistic, you know, mm. to me, uh, and that's one of the things I'm really looking forward tomorrow to being able to talk to, to, to Rita because she's mm. going to be sharing this book with us. And, you know, one of the things that I, to, to me is so beautiful about the scriptures is the way you get this holistic understanding of the, of the word of God. But look, Eric, Yep. We do need to come to a break. Sure. Let's go to a, go to a yep. break. This is uh, uh, Michael Card, and uh, he's uh, he's singing El Shaddai, the Great Provider, our God of Heaven.
was near Though the people failed to see What Messiah ought to be Though your word contained the plan They just could not understand That your most awesome work was done Through the frailty of your son El Shaddai El Shaddai El Elyonah Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power Uh, that is El Shaddai, the provider God. Uh, that's the God that we worship, and that's what we're talking about today as far as health is concerned. So many people don't understand that the Word of God has a great deal to say about our physical health. It's got as much to say about our physical health as it does spiritual help. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, this week we are discussing the Bible, physical health and spirituality. Today we're simply asking how relevant are the health laws that are found in the Bible. Now, Eric, you've said there's... 11 or 12 that you're aware of. I think you're up to number four or five and you've got about, uh, uh, about five minutes, uh, left to, to finish the others. I mean, you're talking and laughing and enjoying yourself far too much, my friend. Well, I won't uh, talk fast and uh, try and cover a lot. Maybe uh, I'll pick out two or three. Just pick out two. That'd be okay. fantastic. Okay. Well, one of them was, uh, avoiding anything harmful to our body. And first Corinthians 3, 16 to 17 says this. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells on your midst. So it's saying what we put into our body, into the temple, he calls our body the temple of God, God reigns in us, can you know, really affect our spirituality as well as our, our physical. And um, You, you know, know, Eric, that's a really interesting concept for me because, uh, I mean, your body is the temple of God. Uh, and, of course, it's referring to the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in you once you've accepted Jesus Christ. Therefore, your body belongs to Jesus Christ. And yet, you know, if I go onto the Internet, there's so many people out there that say, you know, my body is mine. Yeah. I belong. My body is mine. You can't tell me what to do with, with my body. I own my my body you know i mean is scripture challenging that uh, that thought what do you think well you know 
If you, if you look at John, I'd answer with John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. Now, we're talking about the devil here. So some yeah. things that comes into our mind, he wants to see us not healthy. He wants to see us struggling, not calling on God. And he says in that same verse, Christ says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So here you've got two sides. You've got a God who has given us health instructions here, mm. and you've also got the devil who tries to bring in, for instance, you know, when you look at what we put into our bodies, it's been brought in very carefully through advertising over the years. Yeah. I mean, um, we've got a, a some in our group that always has a, a can of Coke at breakfast. Mm. She'll have it at tea time. Mm. You know, a can of 330 mils of Coke contains nine teaspoons Spoons of sugar, just in three hundred and thirty mils. In one coke, can, one can, nineteen. Oh, that is huge. And, and yet, you know, when you're tasting and enjoying it, you wouldn't even think if you were drinking uh, um, some water with nine teaspoons in it and had some flavouring in it, you'd know when you put the, the sugar in. But it's it's in it, and you, people don't even think about that. Wow. And the other things too is the things like harmful to us, like drugs and, and alcohol. These things change the mind, and the mind is where we worship through God through. And of course, so, if in fact your body is the temple of God, what God is almost doing is providing a, a statement of, of ownership. He's saying, I want to, I want you to allow me to own your body. I yes. want your body to be my body. Um, I, I, I want there to be a linkage between the, uh, between the two. And you know, that to me is a very beautiful thought because what it means is, uh, at that point, the principles that he has revealed, I'm prepared to adopt. And, you know, the healthier body that I have, the easier it is for me to live a spiritual life. You know, the thing that jumps out at me is that so often the struggles that people have actually got uh, are actually not in the, in the, in the spiritual domain. They grow spiritually once the physical issues are actually resolved. That's right. And, and, you know, often too, you know, we, like in my, in the old days, I used to change the oil in my car. I used to grease the car. Yeah. I used to look after it because I wanted to get plenty of life out of my car. And I knew the regular oil changes. I knew that the grease scene and, uh, you know, we used to pour the oil in little containers and take them down to the servo and put it in the old stuff, the mm. old way. Mm. Uh, and I knew that by doing that, the car would last longer. It's like our bodies. What we put in, the way we look after our bodies has a great effect and the mental side of it. So with the drug, and and uh, all alcohol and things, it, it makes our minds dimmer. We cannot, we the devil's got us under control because then it's uh, hard to think clearly and to follow what God is saying. We hurt family, we hurt friends, and we destroy ourselves through a lot mm. of these things. I mm. see it every day. I see it out on the streets and and um, you know all. That's around. one of the things that you actually see a lot of in ministry, don't you? It you know, is. it's sort of it's one of those things that uh, people are, are certainly struggling with various substance abuse. Uses, uh, and yet, uh, you know, they, they, they're struggling simultaneously uh, spiritually, and it's actually more important uh, to actually have them uh, adopt health principles because in adopting the health principles, they're actually able to think far more clearly, their mind becomes clear, and then their spiritual life is actually able to grow as well. That's right, and I can attest to that because I used to be in, I used to drink, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I used to drink and smoke. I never took drugs, but I was into that world, and, mm. and, and the, one of the big things that God tells us to another health principle is to rest. Uh, make sure you have 
a time of rest. And Exodus 29 to 10 says, Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no rest. And I love Psalms 127 too. It says, For what has man for all his labor and for all the striving of his heart for which he is toiled under the sun? Even in the night his heart takes no rest. This also is vanity. So mm-hmm. it's saying that the rest of the body affects the rest in the mind. Yeah. And God has given us a day to set aside, to, to you know, to have that rest and to recuperate ready for another yeah. day. These are powerful principles, actually, Eric. Now, I'm conscious that our time yep. is pretty much uh, uh, gone. Do you have just one more point? Yep, one more that I can choose out because I'm talking about it. And this one is um, a very important one. It says, um, help those who are in need. And it comes from Isaiah 58, 6 to 8. It says, loose the bonds of wickedness, undo the heavy burden, share your bread with the hungry, and bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, cover him, and your healing shall spring forth speedily. So when you help other people, you actually do something for yourself. I love that. I uh, love that, that that's a wonderful thought, isn't it? That's a yep. beautiful, I love or that sort of a concept. In thinking of others, I myself am actually helped. That's a powerful uh, concept. You know, the scriptures actually got so many of these, they're simple principles, yet when you put them together and start to practice them, they actually do change the way you're acting, the way you're thinking, and the way that your body actually functions. I love that. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. I want to say thank you uh, for every person who's listening to us right now. Lord, I just know there are some who are struggling with health. Uh, Lord, if that matter is something that uh, can be helped by a natural remedy, uh, I just pray uh, that you might be the one to guide them. Uh, Lord, in the Bible, you have given so many uh, principles of health. Uh, Lord, I just pray uh, that you might uh, powerfully uh, impress us uh, on the need uh, to bring our lives into uh, into your will uh, for our daily living. Lord, I pray that you might heal uh, those who are who are struggling with health issues. Uh, we just ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it uh, does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'm going to be sharing with uh, Pastor David Butcher. We're going to be interrupting uh, the series that we're doing this week so we can spend most of the program digging into some of the issues concerning religious freedom in Australia. This is a really important subject. I really look forward to, to being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid may our God richly bless you